0: the word. Okay. So much power in this place. Amen. Oh, Jesus, we're just so grateful for your words that are eternal life. We give place, Lord, to your honor. We give place to your glory. We give place to the dominion of your word in our life. Right here and now, Lord, we open up our heart. We choose to respond to your word. And we say yes. The word of God says that all the promises of God are yes and amen in Christ Jesus. Jesus already did his part. Our part is to say amen. amen. Say it with me. Amen. amen. So be it. Glory to God. So we're going to continue the discussion we started a couple weeks ago declaring our way to health. So we did this in-depth study a few weeks ago on sozo. Anybody remember? All right, well, I was going to ask you to tell me, but I won't be mean. I'll just do a little review here. So, we went to the Gadarene, remember? The same word. Okay, so the word is in Romans chapter 10, verse 9. The basic word that we all know. If you will believe in your heart, confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, you will be? saved. That's the word sozo, S-O-Z-O. But the exact same word is used, for example, in the... um complete deliverance of the demoniac, the Gadarene, who was severely oppressed. And what the scripture was saying there is that we are also free from demonic oppression. Then we looked at the woman with the issue of blood. Remember, 12 years she dealt with that terrible disease. Three times, I think, was that Matthew chapter 9? Three times in just a couple verses, we have the word so-so, Referring very clearly to her physical healing. Another part of the amazing package that our God gives us in Jesus Christ. Then we looked at Peter who was sinking when he saw the boisterous waves and the wind. And he started going down. And all he said was, Jesus, so- so me. save me, rescue me. So it means protection. It means being rescued from danger. These are all hours all in Jesus Christ, friends. That's what I'm trying to tell you. I should see big old smiles on your faces. Come on, let me see that you got this. Okay, then we heard from the Greek specialist about his meaning of so-so, which was new life surging through one's bones. Woo! That's a good one, right? Then I took you to Isaiah chapter 53. And we looked about how Jesus didn't just take on himself our iniquities. I mean, that should keep us smiling for the rest of our life. But he did more than that. He carried our sorrows. Do you remember the meaning of sorrows? We were talking about disappointments, betrayals, lies, trauma, abuse of any kind. Jesus took all that on himself. You know, I was reminded this afternoon when I was preparing about this about a woman who was in one of those um, concentration camps in Germany or Poland, and she was forced to stand naked. One of the roll call kind of things. I mean, they just did weird, nasty, undignified things. But she was she was so grieved by it. She said, Lord, there's I feel so abused here. And The Holy Spirit said to her, I want you to remember that I hung on that cross naked. So Jesus took all the indignity, I can't figure out how to say it exactly, but whatever emotional trauma you've ever gone through, Jesus carried it for you, okay? Every part of the crucifixion, the rejection of his own people, anybody ever been rejected? Maybe by family, by a city, by workmates, I don't know, but Jesus took that on himself. The denial of Peter, the disciples all disappearing just when Jesus needed him, except for John, hanging naked on the cross, and the worst being forsaken for that brief time by his father. Jesus willfully chose to carry all of that sorrow, and Isaiah's that that Hebrew, refers to being carried a far, far distance away. Then Isaiah's references um, to Jesus bearing our grief. Do you remember that? Isaiah 53, 5, wrong verse. Verse 4 says, he hath borne, he carried our sorrows, borne our griefs. I got it backwards. He hath borne our griefs, carried our sorrows. Then the other verse, verse 3, says he was acquainted with grief. And I shared with you that that word griefs every other time in the Old Testament refers to physical healing. Sorry, I said it the wrong way. It refers to disease, pain, sickness. So in other words, yes, Isaiah saw, what, 750 years before Jesus ever arrived on planet earth, that this Messiah, the anointed of the Father, was going to carry sickness on himself, pain, and disease. Now, you might be looking at me, and some of you are like, what are you talking about? Well, let me show you in the book of Matthew. Did I give you that scripture? Matthew 8, 17. Just in case you think I'm making all this up. In the book of Matthew, chapter 8, 17, they actually quote this same verse with a few different words, making it very clear to all of us. This was to fulfill what was spoken through Isaiah the prophet. He himself took our infirmities and carried away our diseases. Levi had this amazing revelation this morning in Sunday school where he was sharing that all of the Old Testament was about healing. Jesus even called it the children's bread. But the New Testament, what we have in union with Jesus Christ now, is even better than healing. He is giving us divine health. Hallelujah. Peter quotes from Isaiah in 1 Peter 2.24 When he explains that death by crucifixion alone, just the fact that Jesus died by crucifixion meant that he was carrying curse, every curse upon himself. Who his own self bare our sins in his own body on the tree that we being dead to sin should live unto righteousness by whose stripes you were healed. Now Isaiah used the word you are healed, meaning he saw it 750 years before. Peter now puts it in the past tense. As far as God's concerned, friends, it's done. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Those bloody stripes. have you, Who's seen the passion? I and mean, we should see that about once a year, shouldn't we? Just remind ourselves what Jesus went through. Those bloody stripes he took on his back. His face. They pulled out every part of his beard. The thorns. On his scalp, the sword in his side, the the nail prints in his hands, all of it, the blood was shed for you, friend, for your healing, for your well-being. So we're all talking about declarations, right? These are easy declarations to make, right? Oh, I forgot the next part. Sorry, Psalm 103. The same listing by David 1,500 years ago. He got this revelation of this big package we were going to get in Jesus. Look at this. Bless the Lord, O my soul. All that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Forget not all his benefits. Pastor Dave preached years ago on the best benefit package there is. (laughs) Here it is. Who forgiveth all thine iniquities? Who healeth a couple of your diseases? all your diseases, who redeems your life from destruction, who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies. I mean, this is an easy declaration to make. If you need me to demonstrate, this is what I might say. I refuse to forget. You have forgiven all my iniquities. You have healed me of all my diseases. We say that with me. Let's just do the last one. You healed me. Of all my diseases. Now, frankly, I don't like to use the word my ever when it comes to sickness or disease or problems, because I'm not going to claim it. I'm just healed of every disease out there. Hallelujah. So, I need you to understand that the second, I mean the second you come into union with the Lord Jesus Christ, friends, you have been translated out of darkness and into light. And this entire package of salvation becomes yours, mine. Every sin is under the blood. Now, what do you do when the enemy starts coming in? Oh, I remember what you did 10 years ago. That was just terrible, Dave. You're going to have to be sick. You're just going to have to suffer for several more years about what you did. What are you going to do? No, you're going to tell him, you big old liar. Every sin is under the blood, right? Right? Well, what are you going to do when the enemy comes with all those other that other junk he wants to invade our life with? Same thing. Just because we might feel it, just because that thought might cross your mind, or a doctor might even report it to you, that you're dealing with such and such, let's learn to go to the word, friends. That's what I meant by that prayer. We must come to that place where the word has dominion in our hearts and in our minds. We are, at that point of salvation, immediately, legally free. Legally free from all demonic oppression. Legally free of disease. Completely whole, physically and emotionally. And I told you that last time, that there is sometimes a gap. For all of us, right? Right? What do we do? We, we don't say, well, I got the flu last week, so that's not true. No. No, we keep declaring the word of God. We keep renewing our mind to the truth, to the kingdom reality. And that gap between what we experience and what the word says, that's called faith. And we're wanting to build ourselves up in faith. So we're renewing our minds. That's what we're doing to these kingdom realities. And we're declaring them until the very blueprint of heaven is established in our hearts and in our minds. I think I gave you Proverbs twenty-nine, eighteen. Where there's no vision, the people perish. You've heard that verse for years. The New King James of the NIV, did I give you that also? It says it like this, where there's no revelation, people cast off restraint. This is what it says in the New King James and the NIV both. Where there's no revelation... People cast off restraint. In other words, first of all, we gotta have a revelation of it, because otherwise we're, we don't even know that it's ours, right? Secondly, if we don't know what God's intention is, what is already ours in Christ, we're not gonna bother fighting it, fighting for it, right? We're not gonna bother pursuing, we're not gonna even work at making it ours. The health, the healing, the wholeness, and the freedom. And of course, Our enemy is counting on us being on the ignorant side. (laughs) He's counting on you just sitting back and saying, oh, well, this is life. And just letting us him invade with his junk. No, we are going to pursue God's vision, that revelation of truth. And we're going to renew our minds to what God's intention is and what his plan is and make every part. How many of you want to make all of the kingdom reality years in Jesus' name? Amen. So another set of faith statements I, I love to make is in regards to the quickening of the Lord. And Levi got started a little bit with that this morning in Sunday school, but I'm just going to go ahead with what I planned here. Romans 8:11, such a powerful, amazing scripture. If the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, how many of you have the spirit of God in you? Hallelujah. If he dwells in you, the same one, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwells in you. Now, you can't know how many commentaries out there turn this all around into, that's just about your spirit. I keep seeing this word mortal up here. Do you see it? We're talking about the physical body here. Who remembers the story about Elisha and he had been buried and then there was this army that came through and somebody died and they had to get moving because the enemy was right behind them. So they threw this corpse in Elisha's grave and boom, the guy comes to life. How does that happen? How does that happen? Because there's so much, there was so much resurrection life in that guy's bones, in his bones. Now, how does that happen? Does it leak? Well, I'll take a little leaking. Yeah. Let's get so much in the presence of God that that resurrection life just leaks into our bones, flows in our bloodstream. Hallelujah. We have the same power, the same resurrection power. Hallelujah. So, let's just try that for a declaration. I've got a couple here. If you believe it, if you want to attach faith to it, try this. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives in me. Resurrection life flows in my bones, in my bloodstream. Mine is the same spirit, the same power. The same, glory. the same glory, I'm quickened, I'm, quickened. I'm revived. I'm revived. The, supernatural the supernatural power of Christ is affecting my body, affecting my body. in Jesus' name. In Jesus name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now David had this revelation hundreds of years before, this business about quickening. So let's look at just a couple verses here. Psalm 119, verse 25. And just so you know, this identical phrase is found also in verse 107 and in verse 154. This is what he prayed. Quicken me, Lord, according to your word. Quicken me. Three times he says this in this. It is a big chapter, I admit. Psalm 119. I mean, it's all about the power of the word. And all he had was the first five chapters. But he understood there's life released to us simply spending time in God's Word. So of course we want to read it, we want to hear it, we want to sing it, we want to meditate on it, and you want to declare it. So one more time, say with me: "I'm quickened by His Word." And let's check out Psalm 119:88, or that's repeated in Psalm. 119 verse 159. But here he prays, quicken me according to your loving kindness. Now this blows me away. That simply thinking on, simply meditating on the goodness of God, just contemplating how good he is, the loving kindness that's better than life, will quicken us? Well, maybe you need to know what quicken means. (laughs) All right. It means... The Hebrew, now we're talking about this Hebrew, we'll go to Romans a little bit later, but right here, in the Hebrew, this means to revive, to recover, now listen, we're talking about recovery from anything, like how about surgery, how about having a baby, how about mowing the lawn, (laughs) right, or just from a hard day or a hard week, I mean, the Spirit of God, friends, is a master at imparting life. And speeding up recovery of life and strength. Quicken here means to preserve alive. It means to restore. It means to repair. It means means to nourish. It means to give life. That's ours in Christ Jesus, friends. Yes, I know this is Old Testament. I just wanted you to see that we can actually have a life released to us. Just spending time in the Word. Just contemplating the goodness of God. And yes, David prayed it. If you don't want to make declarations, if you're too shy, pray at them like David. But otherwise, let's get with prophesying it over ourselves, right? Declaring it. Glory to God. So we can say, I'm quickened, I'm refreshed, I'm revived. A fresh surge of supernatural power is flowing my way. So another scripture I found very powerful, and maybe you have too, Proverbs 4. Verses 20 through 22. My son. And this is King Solomon talking to his son. Or no, it's the other way around. Sorry, David talking to his son Solomon. Attend to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Let them not depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. For listen to this. Their life. Their life. And health to all your flesh. NIV says health to one's whole body. Do we have the passion? Now as we read this, I'd like you to just imagine that Abba himself is standing right there beside you, talking to you. He says, listen my dear child, listen carefully to everything I teach you and pay attention to all that I have to say Fill your thoughts with my words until they penetrate deep in your spirit. Wow. I mean, the entire essence of the word of God, friends, is what? The Father wanting us to succeed at life. Fill your thoughts. You understand, though, don't you, that whatever we think on, that's that decides the direction of our life. It's the driving force of our life. Fill your thoughts with my words until they penetrate deep into your spirit. And as you unwrap my words, do you treat the word of God like a gift? Who, I get to unwrap what present today? As we unwrap his words, they will impart true life and radiant health into the very core of your being. Oh my goodness. I mean, it's a wonderful thing we got to realize, friends, it's always a choice. We get to decide what we're going to think on. Have you ever noticed that sometimes our brains can go a little berserk, like they can go for hours in anger mode? Oh, she said this to me. Blah, blah, blah. Or sometimes we have this imaginary fight with our spouse and our brains. You ever do that? You give it to them in your brain, and they don't even know you're mad at them, Right? Or we can spend hours worrying about the what-ifs. What if, what if. No, we get to decide what we're going to think on. Let's think on his words, and you're going to find radiant health. Radiant health into the core of your being. So, here's a declaration based on everything we just said, and I'm going to use the King James here. I will not let the word of God Depart from before my eyes. eyes. I'm keeping it in my heart. heart. The word word. is healing and health health. to all my flesh. Praise God. Praise God. Another powerful word of the Lord for health is Psalm 107 verse 20. He sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. Now you've got to notice it does not say he sent his word and hoped that maybe, just maybe, a few people would get better. No, it says he sent his word and healed them. As far as God's concerned, this is done. <clears throat> when Jesus said it is finished on the cross, friends, it was done. Everything was paid for. And he delivered them from their destructions. The Word, W-O-R-D in the capital letters. The Word is Jesus, right? And Jesus is the Word. So he sent Jesus to heal and deliver, but he sent the Word to heal and deliver. When this Word is in our mouth, okay, isn't there a scripture that talks about the Word of God proceeding from the mouth of God? when it proceeds out of our mouth, we actually activate that life and that power. Hallelujah. I've had people coming up to me, praise God, letting me know, yeah, I've been trying that declaration thing. It's kind of fun. Guess what happened? And they'll tell me like these little testimonies of little things that are happening, big things really. We just have to understand when we speak the word with faith, it's got to be with faith, friends. Please always attach faith to your declarations. Attach faith to your prayers, right? What good does it do to spend time, even if it's five minutes or two hours, in prayer and then get up and say, well, that probably just didn't do any good. No, you don't, you don't pray like that. Same with declarations. You don't make declarations and say, well, I doubt whether that'll work. No, you attach faith. You always attach faith. Just like your ministry. You don't pray for somebody, share Christ with somebody, I mean, sometimes we just have these pop-up conversations. Isn't it cool how God arranges those? Like Pastor Dave was talking about that guy in an elevator, right? And oh, that's something else I wanted to share. It's interesting to me that Pastor Dave laid his hands on him because I'm going to be talking about this power of life in us in just a minute. If Once we understand this life we have in us by the Holy Ghost, we'll be chasing people down for opportunities to touch them to pray for them, to release that life that we have in us upon them. Hallelujah. Praise God. Well, I okay, the little word them in there. He sent his word and healed them. That simply says that God's no respecter of persons. He's not just healing the people who fasted for 21 days. He's not healing the people who prayed in the Holy Ghost for 12 hours. No, he's pray, He's healing, period. This word is life. Amen. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. <clears throat> all right, so the last couple I want to share with you are on this subject of what Paul calls the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. And I did preach on this at length at Christmas, and you all know that I don't do a lot of repetition. I don't repeat messages. I do some review, but I don't basically repeat entire messages. Pastor Kevin used to do it all the time and get away with it, and it always seemed fresh and new when he did it, but I can't seem to do that. Anyway, I did share with this subject a lot at Christmas. I don't know if anybody was there, so bear with me, because I just think it's so powerful on this subject of declarations and building up our faith. So first of all, what I want to say is that it is a divine and supernatural thing that happens when we come into union with the Lord Jesus Christ. At a physical level, they have actually discovered that every time a sperm meets an egg and it's fertilized, a spark of light is actually released. They've got proof of that. Personally, I believe that every time, We say yes to Christ. Anybody says yes to the Lordship of Jesus. I believe there's not just a spark of light. I believe there's an explosion of light. We are, there's such a supernatural change. You're actually picked up out of the kingdom of darkness and placed in the kingdom of light. Glory to God. And that force of death is broken, just like that. And a force of life begins to take over. So let's start with Galatians 2.20. Marvelous, marvelous verse, right? I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. But not I. Christ lives in me, and the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. And now we're going to look at it from the Passion Translation. My old identity has been co-crucified with Messiah and it no longer lives. I mean, it might yell and scream every once in a while and try to be resurrected, but it's dead. The nails of his cross crucified me with him and now, now the essence of this new life is no longer mine for the anointed one lives his life through me. We live in union as one. My new life is empowered by the faith of the Son of God who loves me so much that he gave himself for me and please get this last phrase. He dispenses his life into mine. Wow, 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 wow. Consistently and constantly, friends, he is dispensing his life. Resurrection life into your life and into my life. We are alive with the life of Christ. You and I are no longer walking dead people, which if we understood that anybody without Christ, they're, they're basically walking around dead. You don't get life until you get Jesus. Hallelujah. We are alive with the life of God permeating our very flesh, infusing and invigorating us with the strength of heaven. Now the truth is our whole concept of life and death is, is a bit flawed because we think death is an event. But it's really not an event. It's a force. Let me just show you a couple of scriptures. Just kind of put it on the shelf and at least listen here, okay? So Genesis chapter 2, 16 and 17, the Lord commanded the man saying, of every tree of the garden, you may freely eat. But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, thou shalt not eat. For in the day that you eat, Of that tree, you shall surely die. But did they die on the spot? No, they were alive for hundreds of years after. And let's look on the other hand at John 10.10. Jesus said, the thief comes not but to steal, kill, and destroy. I'm come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. He was talking to people that were completely alive, standing right there in front of him. So do you understand life isn't this event? It's a force. It's a force. Or death is a force also. Paul calls it the law of the spirits of life, which is in Christ. Did I give you that verse, Romans 8? Verse 2. This is a verse you really want to memorize. At least try to wrap, unwrap it. Just read it to yourself. Speak it out loud. The law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. Did I give you the message, Bible? A new power is in operation. Woo! The Spirit of life in Christ, like a strong wind, has magnificently cleared the air, freeing you from a faded lifetime of brutal tyranny at the hands of sin and death, what I just want you to understand is there's a new law in effect now. I mean, we've had a few changes in our country recently. (coughs) Excuse me. When you walk into Christ and Christ walks into your life, there's a new rule, a new law. We are now in the domain of peace. Life is now ruling in us, friends. We need to give ourselves to that truth, to the life that is already in us. And it wants to increase. Sometimes, some of us have this, I don't think it's anybody in this place, but there are believers who have this idea that life doesn't start till, resurrection life doesn't start till you die and you get to heaven. No, eternal life begins the minute, the second you say yes to Christ. He's the life giver and he walks in with his life. Glory to God. And he wants that life to increase and to expand and to affect a whole lot of other people around us. So we got Second Timothy chapter two, verse nine and ten. We're going to read it from the passion. Let's see. He gave us resurrection life. Did I give you the wrong scripture? I don't see that phrase in there. Do you? Hmm. What did I do wrong? Second Timothy. Can you check and see if it's First Timothy? He gave us resurrection life. If anybody else finds it quick, let us know. Of course, it's from the Passion, so we don't all have that right in, right in our pockets, huh? Oh, okay, well then that's not the right one. Anyway, let me just read it to you. I thought it was Second Timothy 2, 9 and 10. He gave us resurrection life and drew us to himself by his holy calling. And it wasn't because of any good that we have done, but by his divine pleasure and marvelous grace that confirmed our union with the anointed Jesus even before time began. All right, let's try that. Thank you so much, Peggy. Because the next phrase is pretty powerful. I would like you to see it in black and white. Second Timothy chapter 1. He gave us resurrection life. That's a pretty good te- declaration right there, right? He drew us to himself. There it is. By his holy calling on our lives. And it wasn't because of any good we did. It was his divine pleasure, his marvelous grace that confirmed our union with the anointed Jesus before time even began. This truth is now being unveiled by the revelation of the anointed Jesus, our life giver, better underline that one, our life giver, who has dismantled death, obliterating all of its effects on our lives. Every effect of sin and death, it's been obliterated. And he has manifested his immortal life in us. Oh my goodness, immortal life? We don't ever have to be afraid of death, friends, because we're not going to be dying. Yeah, your heart might stop, your flesh might decay, but the real you will be living on and on and on and on forever and ever and ever Glory to God. So try this declaration. Life is at work in me. me. The force of of life is at work in me. Praise God. Do you understand the elements of this world, friends, have to bow to the life and the power of Christ in us. And like I said before, most Christians see it all starting when they die. But no, the minute the life giver enters, we have life in us. The Holy Spirit, who is the spirit of life and power, takes up residence in us, and we enter life, and life enters us. And please understand, friends, life always supersedes death. Just like light always supersedes darkness. You'll never hear when it's, say say a room is dark, and you turn on the light, you're never going to hear the light saying, oh, this is such a struggle, this is such a struggle, I don't know. Now, the second you get the light on, the darkness, shh, he's gone. Life always supersedes death. I mean, it's like the law of gravity. For years and years, it was the law of gravity that determined everything in flying. Only the birds flew, right? Until they discovered the law of lift, or it could be called the law of aerodynamics, Now, mind you, when the law of lift is operating, gravity still exists. But the law of lift will supersede the law of gravity. And that's how the law of life in Christ Jesus is. The law of life supersedes the law of sickness. It supersedes the law of poverty. It supersedes the law of limitation. It supersedes the law of weakness. When we come into Christ, we are now under new domain, new life New rule. Praise God. The force of light is a resurrecting power that brings with it life and energy and strength. Now, what if? What if we meditated on life instead of death? What if we came into agreement with this force of life in us? What could that mean for you? What could that mean for you if you meditated on, grabbed a hold of the force of life in you. We're talking about living on a higher plane for sure, right? We're talking about yielding to the force of life, of increase, of strength, of ability. Do you have any idea how much ability is hiding inside of you? Creative ability. Prosperity. Fruitfulness. We're talking about yielding to the law of life, of coming into agreement with the energy of the Holy One, the Spirit of power. If we got this revelation, like I said before, we'd be hunting people down to pray for them. Listen, your prayers release power. Every single prayer, unless, of course, you break it off afterwards and say, well, that didn't do any good. We've got to attach faith to all of our prayers, right? And life, life is released when we touch people. What Pastor Dave, he told us that story this morning of just touching that guy in the hospital. He just found an inch of flesh somewhere so we could touch him. Life was released. Do you think Pastor Dave has more power of God in him than you or I? No, we can lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And get in front of the mirror. I don't care where. Get in the bathroom. Get anywhere. Do it in your car. Start making these declarations. Life flows in me. It flows in my bones. It flows in my bloodstream. So I just got a couple all-encompassing declarations for you to end with. You okay? All right, here we go. The law of life life. in in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. Life is at work in me. The spirit of power is on me and in me. His word is healing and health to all my flesh. I'm quickened by his word. I'm quickened by his loving kindness. I'm quickened by the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. Praise God. Stand with me. Stand with me. Oh, Jesus, we love your word. We love your word. We love your word. Thank you so much for what you're doing in your people. Thank you for revelation, knowledge flowing by your spirit right now in Jesus' name. Lord, we're opening our hearts. We're opening our hearts. We choose to respond to your word right now, Lord. We're opening our hearts and saying, yes, 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 yes. Lord, thank you that every promise is yes and amen, and we're saying amen right now. So let it be. So let it be. Thank you, Lord, right now. I thank you that the angels of God are walking up and down the aisles right now, empowering your people, quickening your people, Releasing more strength, more health, more life, more faith. Thank you, Lord. using. Thank you for using this mighty people right here for the glorious work that you have. Mighty things we sang about. Glorious things that are happening in our midst with our people in our city, in our town. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. Have a wonderful week. Thank you for listening to this inspirational message. We trust that you were encouraged in your faith. For additional information or resources, please contact the church at 605-692-4616. You can email us at holylife at or visit our website at holylifetabernacle.com. If you're in the Brookings area, please stop by to visit a service. We are located at 241 Mustang Pass, just off Main Avenue South. Our service times are Sundays at 10 a.m. and 6.30 p.m., also Wednesday nights at 7. God bless you.